And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. The chat's absolutely right. Time does fly, Matt, because we are back again. It was just last week we had episode 260 and now we're continuing on the path to 300. Yeah, back for 2022 and yeah, yep. it's back to normal. Back to normal, chugging along there, everyone. We live in strange times there when we don't have the comic multiverse to do. Uh, I just become unstuck in time, and I don't know <laughs> what any day is. Yeah, the days just seem, seem to sort of bleed together. Yeah, and yet it still freaking sneaks up on me, too, and I'm like, oh, God damn it, it's Sunday. I got to do a thing with Matt. Shit, shit, shit. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Put a different shirt on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you been, Matt? How was your week? Not too bad, not too bad. I, I uh, caught up on a lot of um, TV shows and stuff that I'd been meaning to watch. I had like a kind of uh, a documentary day because I watched um, the Woodstock documentary, the HBO yes. Woodstock 99 documentary, which is fantastic. It is. I watched that one when I went away for that little party back when there was a downturn mm -hmm. in uh, COVID and it actually seemed like we could start going places again. Yeah, that's a, that was a fun one. Yeah, and I watched uh, the... I think it was the HBO one as well, the Beanie Baby one. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm going to though. It's it's pretty good. The only thing I wish they would do is they wish they they only like really near the end just sort of touch on like eh, and there was like a lot of like scams and like made some yeah, people yeah. maybe got like really seriously hurt because of like there was like a mob running like counterfeit <laughs> Beanie Babies. They only barely just touched that. Like, oh, I wish they would have gone into that a little bit more. I, I didn't watch that HBO one, but I did watch another, like, documentary series where, like, Beanie Mania was, like, a subject on it. Uh, oh, I think it was Dark Side of the 90s because they did, like, mm -hmm. Dark Side of Wrestling and Dark Side of Football. Yep. They did one on, like, that. Yeah, that was the one I watched. But, yeah, a whole documentary. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I loved your review of that Woodstock 99 documentary where, like, there's a real subtext of this movie that's essentially, goddamn it, white people. It, there, there really was, though. It was, like, every person they interviewed is, like, is just full of fucking white frat boys just, like, going insane and being <laughs> savages, <laughs> burning shit because Fred Durst said so. Just break stuff. My yeah, favorite, my favorite part was after that part where they... Uh, it was after the Fred Durst stuff. It was after like the Metallica stuff, and Fred Hot Chili Peppers were playing, and they and like someone, some people, some organization that wanted to try and stop gun violence handed out candles. Yes, with candles. And yes. and they're, oh they're trying God. to get Anthony Kiedis to tell the people stop burning shit, <laughs> and 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 he goes on to play Fire by Jimi Hendrix. God damn it, Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that documentary is amazing for multiple reasons. My favorite thing about it is they're like, so the thing about Woodstock is, is that all the other ones that people loved from your parents' generations, those were actually huge disasters too. They just didn't blow up in the same way. Mm -hmm. And because boomers have a funny way of memory holding stuff, they don't, you know, talk about all the bad shit that happened. Yeah, the documentaries of those never caught all the bad stuff. It's, it's fantastic as well because they interview the, uh, the, the creators of the Woodstock and how they're talking about, oh, it's it was so cool and everything and it's like smash cut to the 99 one where people are starting mm -hmm. to burn shit and yeah roll around in literal sewage and everything it's a it's a wonderful piece of like you know really messed up social engineering and to me it's like why the fuck does anyone put on a music festival <laughs> this looks like a nightmare yeah didn't, didn't not just from like a logistical standpoint but like a pr standpoint as well <laughs> absolutely cowboy in the chat breaking the girl is a classic yes it is that's a very good song 
but yeah, that's a really good one. I'll have to check out the Beanie Baby one. Uh, I know there's one show you and I both watched this week, and that was the three-episode premiere of Peacemaker. Yes, yes. Super fun, super funny. Uh, honestly, I thought it had more, like, trauma <clears throat> DNA than even the Suicide oh, yeah. Squad movie did. Oh, absolutely. It's dirty and grimy, and it's not afraid to be weird. Like, literally, as the internet was quick to, you know, fall in love with and why shouldn't they, the opening credits, which is like a whole song and dance number. Yeah, big choreographed dance with all of the characters from the show. Love it. Love it. Love everything about it. I wish more superhero stuff would take big, weird swings like that. Hell, between that and the Rogers musical from Hawkeye, I think we're maybe only a couple <laughs> years away from getting a real superhero musical. Yeah, man. Hopefully it doesn't turn out like that Spider-Man one. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, see, now they could do it right. Yeah. Captain Kuhn's subtext of history is just, damn it, white people. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah, so scene is great in the show he's super funny my I, one of the things i really appreciate about it is that because he was basically the secret villain at the end of suicide squad they don't rush or bend over backwards to make you like christopher smith oh no why well, yeah that's like i think the point of the character you're not meant to like him and and yeah. and and again because uh the character is kind of an idiot he doesn't understand yeah. that he, he like things he's doing are like uh like racist or sexist yes. and stuff like that. he doesn't oh, yeah. seem to understand that and doesn't help he was raised by you know white dragon this fucking ultra yeah. racist right winger played by Piece robert patrick shit. who calls him a simp yeah oh my god there's he calls him a simp they talk about pepe the frogs what's another thing they mentioned where i'm like oh my god james gunn really is on twitter he knows his shit there was a third thing oh cape shit cape shit the cape cops shit, say yeah. cape shit yeah yeah and i'm like oh my god they really fucking know their shit don't they <laughs> it's great this it is, is great this is really in the lingo of today uh we get some revelations about amanda waller and another member of the team where i'm like oh i feel dumb for not thinking that that was an option yeah yeah love that actress by the way i was a huge orange is the new black fan and she's really funny on that and she's really funny in this too she really is yeah also judo master what an interesting pull there and i'm like oh yeah because he was a charlton comic character too yeah and yeah he's a little fucking shit in this it's great he is he's <laughs> awesome i love it yeah, but he's fucking like, Cheetos. <laughs> eating them hot Cheetos? Yeah, can I have one? <laughs> Ow, what are Cheetos made of? <laughs> I'm glad, too, that they came out with three episodes. We mentioned this before we started, because I think episode one and two were a little thin. You don't actually know what's going on until episode three, because one of the best running jokes is that no one will actually tell Peacemaker what's going on. Yeah, they don't trust him or anything, just mm -hmm. because, and he proves time and time again that he can't be trusted. <laughs> Yeah, that they really shouldn't trust him. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they also set up some interesting characterization for him, too, because when they basically say, all right, time to go blow a family away for America, for your country, it's like, I don't know if I can't. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, Waller gave us a killer who can't kill. What good are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I can see where, where Gunn's going to take him, where they're going to try and... Um... I guess rehabilitate him and mm -hmm. and but 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 then I could also see Gunn play that as a joke where it's like no this is Chris Smith this is Peacemaker he's a fucking idiot he's not gonna learn jack shit. <laughs> 
redemption was never the choice. But they do a good job making him seem better by comparison to Vigilante, who, again, there's been like 12 different Vigilantes and this guy who's like a zero tolerance, like <laughs> shittier version of Peacemaker who kills people for even the smallest, smallest infraction. Cross, like graffiti and everything. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful little deconstruction parody of the Punisher to be like, yeah, if you took this ideology to like its full extent. <laughs> yeah. It would be fucking insane, right? And it is fucking insane. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great. Amazing use of music, <clears throat> as if you even need us to tell you. Uh, Gunn does an amazing job building character through what music they listen to. And for Peacemaker, it's all hair metal. It's all, all hair metal. All, all like, uh, like really niche hair metal bands. Cinderella. Uh, that, that just, it, yeah, they fit so well with the character. A it character really who is stuck in that sort of like Reagan era absolutely uh, of politics and stuff yeah it's fantastic he had an amazing line of dialogue that i'm like wow how has no one ever said that before when he's defending his love of hair metal it's like yeah man you know that's back when men were men and they weren't afraid to dress like women <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like fuck how have i never heard that before that's goddamn hilarious <laughs> and a pretty solid you know defense of hair metal Here, yeah. here's the thing i didn't know uh they make a whole joke in that episode about uh what is it pumped up kicks mm -hmm. and the song at the end of the credits is a hair metal is cover it... of pumped up yeah. kicks yeah yeah well, I, I didn't know that's actually the real lead singer of cinderella who they got to do that oh really yes oh that's, that's fantastic him. that's cool I, I, it's great that he has uh what is it a sense of humor and was cool to come and do that yeah yeah don't be shocked if you know this show uh what is it get some spotify sales up on all the hair and glam metal. oh yeah yeah so um yeah who do we think the bad guys are i'm thinking maybe insect queen oh yeah that's an interesting one yeah i have no idea where this is going because like i wouldn't have expected starro for the suicide squad and no. he's already dropped reference to stuff like Batmite. Mm -hmm. so clearly gun is a fan i don't think we're gonna see it coming but insect queen's a good one yeah i saw people say the reach and i'm like eh probably mm. not well, that is a Blue Beetle reference, and yeah, Blue yeah, Beetle, yeah. while not that Blue Beetle, is definitely a Charlton connection, so that could be something. Who, uh, who are the other little guys? Uh, they kind of did something like that in Young Justice for Season 2, the little aliens, uh, the Krolateans? Uh, yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. I can't remember they what they're called. They weren't bugs, though. Yeah, that's why they I were... say Insect Queen, because they're like, like the, the Project Butterfly, that it's like literally bugs yeah literally bugs yeah there's a lot of fun places they could go i i really didn't think they'd be riffing on invasion of the body snatcher but it works <laughs> it, yeah it does it's really cool and doesn't feel like any other superhero thing we've seen before no like if they were just to fight like uh like a regular supervillain or like a terrorist cabal or something i'd be like meh seen it yeah and it might end up turning it into like similar to the boys very much so yeah i noticed a lot of people we're comparing this to the boys though in reality i think is has more deadpool dna in it to be sure a little bit yeah it's like less of a deconstruction of the superhero universe it's more like hey let's have fun with superheroes who are naughty mm -hmm. and they they do it well they do yeah so yeah that's that one for you everyone there's uh there's your little peacemaker talk there we like it and we're interested to see where it goes yeah so every the new episodes are what thursday every week i think so yeah yeah okay yeah, I think it took uh, Young Justice's spot uh, okay. for uh, Thursday releases. Uh, people were asking if I'd review it on the channel. Live action stuff doesn't do as well for me, but uh, shockingly, 
I've mentioned it before. I'm screwing around with TikTok. I think my Peacemaker video got like 600 views on TikTok, which for me is very good. So check out Cape Joe on TikTok, everyone. See, it's like the opposite for me because like the live action stuff does really well for me. I'm reviewing Book of Boba Fett and that's doing yeah, really yeah, yeah, well yeah. for my channel at the moment. I'm happy to hear it. I mean, also too, you got some real Star Wars street cred on you. So that's yeah, good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Kun saying Peacemaker was also a major character in Jaime Reyes's solo series from 2005. Yeah, so I mean, if they wanted to go in an alien reach direction, there's definitely a precedent for it. That's true, and, the, and I guess, like, yeah, we're getting a Blue Beetle film, so could you imagine that, like, the Blue Beetle film Ooh. spins out of this? Oh, man, oh, man, we're in a crazy <laughs> time at that point. <laughs> Which, in that case, I can't wait for Blue Beetle Season 2, if only so the John Cena Peacemaker can show up in that kid's show. <laughs> and just, gee, just be a total dick about it. I love that. Oh, oh, that's good. All right, so should we hop into the news for this week? Do we have any old business uh, to go over before we do so? I don't think so, no. Eh, not a ton happened this week, but there were some interesting topics. Uh, the biggest one is that it looks like the Spider-Man comics finally have a new heading now. We mentioned last week that uh, by October, uh, the Spider-Man Beyond storyline that we've been reading where they tag team off on writers will be coming to an end. And it looks like we already know who's going to be taking the helm moving forward. It's going to be Zeb Wells, which I think we already knew. Yeah, he, like yeah. A, he's been on and off on the book and yeah. I mean, I think we all knew because, come on, they they put Hellions to bed early so they could free him up for this gig. And also because he wrote the first <laughs> one, which means, you know, his numbers probably had the best out of all the writers because, yep. you know, number ones and new beginnings always sell better. Yep. And he's just genuinely funny and good with uh, the material, too. But I don't think what people were expecting, though, is that the artist they paired him with is the big return of John Romita Jr. Yeah, this is this really surprised, I think, a lot of people absolutely i mean come on you put the ramita name on a spider-man book and i mean yeah it's, yeah it's a license to print money especially as we're in an anniversary year for spider-man oh absolutely and and like the big uh the big tease they released for it uh kind of got a yep. lot of people excited yes it's spider-man sitting in a crater everything is destroyed and the caption is like what did peter do yeah he did something bad what do we think he did left a pop tart in for too long <laughs> I often fear that will happen if I do leave it in for too long. <laughs> so it'd be very interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, new era for Spider-Man, always good. Probably a new number one, because don't they love new oh, number ones? Yeah, no, it is getting a new number one. Oh, that was confirmed. It's getting a new number one. Yeah, it's going back to number one. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's good. I, I don't know what kind of stories they're going to tell moving forward. Maybe maybe the fact that they put Spider-Man, you know, on the shelf for a little bit, even though they didn't really because Peter's running around in the new book. Maybe that'll, you know, give them some room to breathe, you know, maybe coming with some fresh ideas. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I also wonder what they're going to do with Ben. You think they're going to kill Ben or you think they're going to spin him off into something? I'm sure he's getting his own book. Oh, well, he's getting a flashback book from Demathis, kind of like yeah. what they did with Symbiote Spider-Man. Yeah, may, may, I, don't, I don't think they'll kill him off. But, I mean, that could easily just become Ben Riley Spider-Man, and they could have two, like they had, you know, two Captain Americas, two Wolverines. Exactly. I mean, if he proves that he's, you know, selling enough. And also, you and I had our own little conspiracy theories that the reason they're trying to backdoor two Spider-Man living together in the comic books right now is because they might want to do something on the sony end where maybe they have their own spider-man to play with yeah yeah again yeah they have the two separate ones yeah 
Yeah, so they stop futzing with Tom Holland. Yep. They can just be like, hey, Andrew Garfield, your fucking name's Ben Riley now, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. We can keep going. <laughs> and then that version can fight Venom, and then I don't have to watch that movie. <laughs> everybody yeah, wins. Yet it still I mean, somehow make a billion dollars. Make a billion dollars because some people have to see everything. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say everyone wins. I don't know if everyone wins, but it's a thing they could do. <laughs> We'll, we'll see how Morbius goes. No, if that ever comes out. <laughs> that's not a movie. That's a money-washing scheme. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't actually exist. That's not a movie. That's a backdoor cult plot to indoctrinate people to come to Jared Leto's <laughs> Jared, island. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, if you watch that movie, it's just him giving a PowerPoint presentation about his <laughs> island. About how cool it is, yeah. <laughs> we hope to be self-sufficient by the year 2025. <laughs> And then we're going to make a presidential run by 2028, and then, you know, world domination by 2030. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's got a PowerPoint plan. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> All right, moving on from there, we got another piece of news. Uh, hey, Matt, are you ready to rock the vote again? I am, yes. And when I say rock the vote, I, of course, don't mean for anything actually important. I mean for X-Men, we're doing it again. <laughs> Which, honestly, I'm surprised they brought back the vote for the new X-Men gag again. I assume that was something like you could only do once and then never again. Uh, people seem to really like it. And it kind of fits in with the whole Krakoa aesthetic. I guess, yeah. They're a nation now. And what do you do in a nation? You vote. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense there. Uh, obviously, of course, uh, Polaris won the last vote. Don't look at me. I voted for Banshee. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't vote because they didn't put Bayo of blood moon on it uh, and, and they have it on this one and it's a complete farce and it's <laughs> it's a fake fake uh fake election, fake election. <laughs> matt the conscientious objector <laughs> refuses to partake in this rigged electoral system for mutant <laughs> i mean this time around i of course voted for gorgon because he said he would defend my right to bear samurai swords <laughs> and paralyze people with my eyes and to dress in those shirts that have like the flames on the and like exactly. guy fieri shirts you know yeah yep he's the one i am a one what's that word uh when you only care about one thing in elections i'm a i'm a one topic elector yeah one issue That's, elector yeah one issue elector and that issue is samurai swords who will defend <laughs> my right to have samurai swords who will make it a right that i have to bear samurai swords <laughs> it's the only way uh apparently judging by the math right now firestar is in the lead which shouldn't surprise anyone because she was on tv and because the x-women historically have always been more popular than the x-men yeah it's really strange though because like well I, again it's all it's all fan votes so it's not like the writers can't really yeah really yeah. do anything but like i mean technically we already got like a couple of fire people on the x-men the x-men is just yep. gonna start turning into like all just fire users basically yeah really like how's that gonna be gonna... yeah how's that gonna be different from sunfire <laughs> yeah like sunfire is already on the team right is he gonna be really pissed off like why did you hire another fire person yeah what am i just fucking shoplift is, is it because i'm japanese is that <laughs> yeah. why yeah well, fuck all of you then. I'm going to join, uh, what is it, whatever the Japanese equivalent of the Avengers is. <laughs> Big Hero 6. I'm going to join Big Hero yeah. 6. Yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, that's an interesting one. It's funny, too, because, you know, Polaris won, and they didn't really make a big deal about her winning in that book until, like, five issues in. 
and you know duggan told a story about it and how she felt like she wasn't ready for and that there were other people more deserving which i felt was almost like the writer being meta like i didn't choose to work with this character they told me i had to work with the character it was, it was a little meta yeah it was a little meta. It was a little like, but I'm a good sport and a good writer, so I'll try and make it work. And I wonder, is this the same? And if so, are they doing that again to Duggan? Like, hey, whatever you're doing, put a new fucking character, and you have to write about it. You can't just put them in the background. Because <laughs> we want people to, like, think that their votes matter. <laughs> it's very weird that they did this twice, or at least that they did it for the main X-Men book. Like, maybe they should rotate it every year. Like, okay, now it's X-Force's turn. X-Force or Marauders, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, feel, it feels weird that they did this to Duggan twice. Yeah. And it, and it's weird as well that they're doing it for this, but we're, we're not getting, like, votes for, like, oh, the new member of the Quiet Council or something. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that kind of makes sense in, the in in like, how it's set up on Krakoa, where the Quiet Council yeah. is very controlled. And True, the X Men yeah, isn't is like for the people. Yeah, you don't get to vote for the Quiet Council <laughs> people who really make the decisions. <laughs> we're we're all secret president. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think too that this is maybe just like really informal market research <clears throat> for Marvel and Disney? They're like, yeah, but what mutants do they really like though? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, tell tell us who they like so we know that we can make more merchandise out of them or do more something with them in the future now that we know who the popularity skews. Yeah. That well they, and the the problem is with that though, um, is not not only are all of these quite niche characters, but you also get like the Very. people who, who are are fans of them but like take it to the extreme where they'll vote for the character like thirty fucking times. Yes, of course. You gotta wonder how rigged is this electorate. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I don't imagine, what is it, fucking Marvel is putting in the three-factor authentication in your birth certificate to make sure you don't vote more than once. Could you imagine if they did, if they took it, like, really seriously? You could yeah. only vote for the X-Men on this one then day. Then you got to put your name in, and you, your, your name and, like, your address and everything comes up, and it's like, okay, you haven't voted yet, so you can vote like you do in, like, a normal election, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to prove that you're a citizen, mail-in valid, <clears throat> the ballots are okay. <laughs> get a get a bunch of really pissy nerds saying i will be a poll watcher please don't <laughs> please don't you get a bunch of nerds being like this was stolen from avalanche clearly they have an anti-brotherhood of mutants bias <laughs> i'd actually like to see avalanche win because i just like to see avalanche fucking do something <laughs> that's i believe that's uh, the platform that he ran on avalanche 2022 i'll uh, do something yeah, i'll do something <laughs> I'll do something. It might not be great, but I'll do it. <laughs> and yeah, I, I fucking knew that Star, uh, what is it, Firestar, or whichever fucking Fire one she is. Yeah, because like, cause in the in the last one, Polaris got in because of all those people uh, who, who they, they were like, uh, what, is it, what was that show, Gifted? They're all like Gifted, yeah, gifted stands. And, but, but, but the thing is, they thought that it was for that show. I know. Yes. So, which is why they voted. <laughs> Which should tell you something about the sorry state of politics and reading comprehension online. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was pretty goddamn sure it was going to be here because, like I said, she was on TV, uh, Firestar, even if it was back in goddamn Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, yeah. This, which, which I guess this will also be her first time to do something because I think the last time she was even somewhat relevant was uh, Jason Aaron's short-lived Avenger book. I think she was in there for a second as, like, one of the teachers. Yeah, very... That was a while ago, yeah. 
That was for we were working at Name Redacted back then. Yeah, yeah. That's how long ago that was. Again, I think she's like literally here as a joke, but this is the one time the joke candidate had the best <laughs> chance of winning. <laughs> the Schwarzenegger vote, we'll call it. <laughs> Only you know, like I said, thank God this is for something not important. Not important, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, now, moving on from there, we got another interesting piece of Marvel news. Uh, Marvel has said that they will be collecting a brand new omnibus complete with all the old and new Miracle Man stories. Now, why, why, Matt, would they want to do that all this time later? Would they want to make <laughs> Miracle Man stories easier to read than ever before? Well, that'd be because he's coming back to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Holy shit. Or coming for the first time, technically. Yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> Again, if we want to start getting into that whole who's a fudge of rights and everything else. But yes, Miracle Man was apparently the big mystery reveal at the end of Timeless, which I still mm -hmm. have not read, but yep. I should. Yeah, he was. Yeah, which I still have not read, but I should. So kind of Marvel's like, hey, we could do our own Doomsday Clock thing, can't we? Only instead of Dr. Manhattan, we'll have Miracle Man, who we own, thanks to the whole Neil Gaiman, Todd McFarlane pissing match. <laughs> So we get to use this character. Again, people have been theorizing when Miracle Man was going to enter the Marvel Universe. Again, since back when we were working for Name Redacted. Yeah, yeah, because the, there was, like, a real push for, like, a minute there, there where, like, he very nearly came in. Didn't they release, like, some, like, special? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was, like, a special or if they just, like, let more go back and finish. Or, yeah. like, do, like, something extra yeah. with it? Yeah, it was something, and it, it it looks like it was getting ready to, like, set it up so that, oh, he's going to be in the Marvel Universe, but then nothing happened with that. Yeah, nothing happened with it at all, and then shit just went quiet for years, and I assumed, like, oh, I guess it's never going to happen then. Yeah, I, I guess it was something to do with, like, rights or something. Someone made a, made a tizzy about it or something. Well, I mean, when Moore is involved, too, and I'm sure Gaiman wouldn't want to do anything to honk Moore off, even yeah. if, like, Moore didn't technically own any of the rights anymore. Yeah, that's true. Maybe this was enough time and enough money changing hands and being like, well, fuck, DC did it, and that story was well-received, so all right, let's <laughs> do our kick of a can. <laughs> For, for those who don't know, Miracle Man was like the British version of Captain Marvel when they reprinted the stories in britain and they were like black and white omnibuses and then more got a chance to keep writing the character after and made it like one of the first real big uh what is it like superhero deconstruction yeah you know it's updating weird. <laughs> yeah weird updating for older audiences honestly there's a lot of shades of injustice in it to be mm -hmm. fair there is yes like it's it's very much almost like you know patient zero for like the I don't want to say grim and gritty because that's the bad version of it, but like the more positive version of like let's grow up this material yeah. and you know write it like it wasn't printed you know solely for kids. Mm -hmm. So there you go, and now we're getting to do it again here, which again. I, I, much like I didn't know how they were going to do it with Watchmen in the DC universe, I don't know how they're going to do Miracle Man and Marvel. He kind of stands for the opposite of everything you guys stand for. Yeah, well, again, that that could be something very interesting because he because like it at the be. end of that um that timeless thing, it, it, like you don't see him, you just see his symbol, and it, yeah. but it's like um it's like yeah, presented in a way where it's like a like an omen of like something coming. Mm. So like maybe yeah. that maybe there's like something there where they they're all all against him again again kind of like the Doctor Manhattan uh, Doomsday Clock stuff. 
Yeah, like, again, is he going to be the villain in this piece? Is he going to be helping them fight something bigger and more evil? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I could probably use a refresher course, so I could probably go back and read some of those Miracle Mans. Yeah, yeah, I do. I definitely do. Yeah. Captain Kuhn helped us out again. To vote for your X-Men, you must give first a last name, social security number, medical history, credit card info, <laughs> blood type, and pledge of allegiance. Yeah, and stool that's, sample. That's... <laughs> oh, you gotta have that. Yeah, that's the only way. It'll be fair and even. <laughs> And we need that by the end of the day, so get on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this will be interesting, and I'm sure this will be fun too, because now it's like, okay, young fans who never read anything about Miracle Man but only know about, you know, the character tangentially, now is a good time as any to actually start reading. Yeah, yeah. Now would also be a good time for them to bring back Century. Yeah, as uh, Chem Dog also said in the chat. Yeah, because Sentry is also kind of, like, not, but yes, but also clearly, like, you know, B Busick, right? Busick invented Sentry? I believe so, yeah. It's very much like the same sort of idea where it's like, well, what if Marvel did have its own Superman? But what if people forgot about Marvel Superman? And what if he was also sick in the head? Yeah, what if, what, what if he was, he could snap at any point? <laughs> yeah. Did, did Null kill Sentry? Am I remembering that right? Yes. Yes. Okay, they they, they, they like brought him back, and I'm like, I got really excited because I'm like, yay, they finally brought him back after that Jeff Lemire miniseries. Yeah. And then, like, I think he immediately dies to, like, which, Null. Which, okay, that Jeff Lemire Sentry miniseries was straight up just him riffing on Miracle Man. Yeah, yeah, that's why I say bring him back. Yeah, with the whole, like, dream machine and his mm -hmm. sidekick who turns against him and everything. Yep. Yeah, that was just straight up that. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be interesting. And he's fucking Sentry. They can bring him back anyway. Yeah. They can bring... Tell you what, we'll get all the Superman-like guys together. We'll get him and Sentry and Hyperion, and they can all, you know, <laughs> whip it out and see who's bigger and who gets to stay. <laughs> hey, well, Hyperion's still around, so yeah. He is, yeah. I guess we don't know who's going to be writing this, do we? Because obviously, you know, uh, Doomsday Clock had Jeff Johns, and it was clearly very important to him. And he's a guy who's, you know, all about, you know, paying homage and aping other creators. Do we know who's getting Miracle Man duty? I don't think so. Should be Donny Cates. I mean, yeah, he seems to be their ringer for all these things. I would say, hey, maybe give it to Jeff Lemire. But then I just remembered, oh, shit, Jeff Lemire just signed, like, a big exclusive deal with Image. Yeah. <laughs> I like Lemire's, you know, whole way of, like, kind of charting his own path there. He never does in his career the thing I think he would do. No, no. Lemire forever surprises me. He with does. the choices he makes. He does. Yeah, it's always a very unique choice. Very much so. You know, I've never met him. He's Canadian. He's been at several shows, and yet every time I went <laughs> to his table, he was never there. Oh, no. Yeah, which, of course, in my mind means he hates me and must be ducking me. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, here comes Joel. Yeah, oh, shit, better hide. Oh, shit, you know, smoke bomb. <laughs> Jeff Lemire away. Because, <laughs> you know, I love the guy ever since he did uh, Green Arrow there in the New 52, and I've been following his career quite religiously. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's your Miracle Man update for you, everyone. Get, get hype for the Miracle Man and go back and read those comics. But also they're black and white, so get ready for that. Yeah, get ready for that. Uh shift in, in the paradigm shift there because i don't want to read them black and white comics it's like tv again i don't want to watch that black and white movie i i can't wait for that discourse because i know that's coming did did they ever recolor miracle man i'm sure that's something that would piss more off because those were like underground british comics which were black and white like the old judge dreads yeah. back I, in the day i don't think they did the only the only type of miracle man i've seen in color is like these these like the covers the newer stuff yeah yeah 
yeah, it would be interesting to see. I, I'm shocked they didn't try and do that too to like appeal to a new generation. Like, oh, we're leading the colorization of Miracle they, Man. Yeah, they, they they did that like what they did with like all those uh, older comments, like the Incal yeah. and all that sort of stuff, where they yeah, like, yeah. color it in it, but then doing doing so just completely get rid of like all detail and yeah, like any sort of imagination. <laughs> that is the problem with it, isn't it? To which, you know, when that happens, you know, that's what finally makes Alan Moore tear his beer hair uh, hair out when he sees that they're recoloring <laughs> his old Miracle Man's. <laughs> I, ass- I assume he'd have a problem with it. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's Alan Moore. He'd have a problem with anything. As CrusaderCon mentions in the chat, hey, Joel, read manga. It'll be good. Yeah, I guess for a younger audience that reads a lot of manga that's black and white, maybe it's not nearly as big a hurdle as I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. There'd still be, like, a bunch of people who cry about it. Yeah, isn't there always? Uh, now, speaking of Jeff Johns, and we were actually, I'm amazed that these two topics actually connected uh, tangentially, because I didn't intend that when I wrote it all down. But uh, Flashpoint, of course, maybe maybe one of Jeff Johns' most famous stories in a career that's filled with famous stories is coming back for the most unexpected sequel ever. Yeah, yeah, the Flashpoint universe uh, lives. Yes, it's called Flashpoint Beyond, and it will be starring Tom Dwayne, who has been a hell of a lot of play recently, hasn't he? Oh boy, has he ever. I guess is this... Now, have they said if this is like a continuation continuation, or if they're like putting Thomas back in his world? It from what i read like again they were being very very coy with everything because it's, it's connecting with in uh, justice incarnate and everything yeah, that's yeah. happening and everything but it sounds like it's it like that world is returning and ba- and yeah thomas wayne is going back which makes sense given that the omniverse is now a thing so this would yeah. exist in the omniverse so yeah out there somewhere even though it wasn't really an alternate earth it was an alternate timeline but fuck it omniverse anything is possible now yeah this was popular which again the popularity of flashpoint blows me away and the fact that jeff johns is coming back to write this furthermore blows me away because like my eye the thing i always thought in my head is that johns didn't like having to write flashpoint because they cut his flash run short made his flash storyline into a major event that ended up rewriting the entire universe Mm -hmm. and yet it ended up becoming such this important you know watershed story despite all of it well i guess i guess maybe he's he's cooled on the idea or maybe he's got like something like a different idea i I, like maybe and uh, i guess like maybe there is an idea there where you've got like this thomas wayne now who's been through like all the stuff in justice incarnate and all that stuff he's like kind of softened up and everything going back to his world and trying to actually be a hero yeah 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 that i mean that is a story there's definitely something there and it's funny too it almost kind of mirrors jeff johns coming back because it's like i thought you were really upset with dc because you used to be in power and you (laughs) you know drove them to one of their most successful creative periods only for them to kick you to the curb and seemingly kneecap a bunch of your ideas (laughs) well but then again that was like two regimes ago maybe the joshua williamson regime is the nicer regime yeah well he was sure to um have on the uh uh in some of the art because uh uh thomas wayne's got a uh, rip hunter's chalkboard out yeah uh, with all the and stuff and he was... and he's got like 5g crossed out and it's been adverted Ooh. and and he's got like all this other stuff like the legion of four worlds and all this really cool exciting stuff 
which man when i saw that 5g averted there and it crossed that i'm like oh please please for the love of god tell me that this book is going to be jeff johns getting super fucking meta about dc editorial <laughs> and behind the scenes where it's like i was batman and i had so many great ideas but they stifled me but luckily i was able to stop 5g from happening <laughs> Is that what it's, is that why he agreed to take it where it's like, look, I don't want anyone to mess with my Flashpoint universe except for me. <laughs> and he's he's not the only one writing this. Jeremy Adams and uh Yeah, yeah. Tim Sheridan are also writing this as well. Which Jeremy Adams makes sense being that he's the Flash writer at the moment. Yes. So maybe is there some sort of uh involvement in that? I guess. Yeah, that is weird. And Tim Sheridan, who mostly comes from television and did that shazam book that i wasn't crazy about and did the titans academy book yeah. that i am also still not crazy about yeah yeah i don't know why this story takes three writers but we'll see <laughs> i mean like you said man I i'm interested in it again thomas wayne has had one of the weirdest fucking character journeys he really has he, he and again like when i read when i read this i felt like this is oh this is this is them trying again still trying to erase everything that tom king did with the character like still trying Pretty to much, like yeah. rehab the character because yeah tom king technically blew up the flashpoint universe but i guess it was reverse flash who did it because the story didn't make any sense and it needed to go away but also now it's not away anymore <laughs> <laughs> well the universe uh, well, since then the universe has been remade so yeah yeah i don't know man It'll be interesting to see for sure. Again, I, I really didn't think, like, if you went back to the original Flashpoint story when it was new and you <clears> told me, yeah, this Flashpoint Batman is actually going to be really popular and keep showing up. I, you know, I, I, I'd understand because it's like everything that people who think they like Batman, like, like about Batman, it's a Batman who uses guns, he's yeah. violent, uh he's got like a, a cool costume yeah, he drinks you know stuff you know everyone likes about batman but that stuff that batman doesn't actually do yeah he, he is also kind of an indictment on batman and bad fans isn't he where it's like yeah in the most cracked mirrored world where everything went wrong this is the batman that you got yeah 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 it's a hell of a thing uh, now, we had one more piece of news here, and you actually reminded me to put this on. Uh, the Moon Knight trailer will be coming to us sooner than we think, and uh, to celebrate and hype people up for that, we got a much better look at the costume. We did, yeah, and it, it, they got the white eyes. Got the white eyes. He a mummy. He looked more mummy than in the comic, <laughs> and that cool because him Egyptian. Yeah, and when the, cost yeah, when the costume comes onto him, it like wraps around him like a, uh, like a mummy uh, like material, like the, the wrappings makes sense doesn't look like anything else and it also helps fight the consensus there where like non-comic readers are like oh moon knight's just marvel's batman no no, no there's a whole lot yeah. else going on oh there's so much going on i dig it also is he fighting a werewolf in that like small little snippet we saw yeah, it's either like a werewolf or like uh you know like one of those egyptian dog people oh, yeah. things yeah so we're we're going full bore then into like the weird magic myths and he's, monster he, stuff he's just beating the shit out of jameson's son <laughs> oh no the man wolf <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck you fuck you this is for your father's bias media <laughs> fuck you fuck you <laughs> man moon knight cares a lot about the news i didn't know <laughs> he owed man, him he some money <laughs> yes that's right oh my god please put the meme in the show <laughs> Where's my money, you broke-ass bitch? Moon Knight better get his money. 
Uh, but yeah, this this looks cool, and again, they seem to be going a completely different direction from all the other Marvel shows we've seen. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, going horror, going monster, should be big. And again, it's hard to believe that, like, yeah, man, we're at the point now of Marvel shows where we've adapted almost everything else. It's time for Moon Knight to get his turn. Yeah, yeah, fucking Moon Knight, of all things. And that Moon Knight, because it's a Marvel thing and everything Marvel does ends up being huge. Can you believe, like, not too long, everyone's going to be like, oh, I love Moon Knight. Moon Knight's my favorite. Well, it's not in it. Like, I was thinking about it the other day after I watched Peacemaker. It's like, we're, we're in a fucking world now where, like, people are, are like, like jamming into Peacemaker. Like, fucking yeah. Peacemaker. Fucking Peacemaker. Chal- Charlton comics character no one gave a fuck about five years ago. No, I mean, no one gave a fuck about for generations. People yeah. cared about the comedian, yeah, the, the parody. The, ver- the, the parody of him, yeah. <laughs> People cared about the parody version more. I mean, shit. I, I looked at it on eBay there. Like, that first issue he appeared in, like, Fightin' 5, number one or whatever. He was a fucking backup story. He wasn't even a main event. Yeah. I think you could buy that book for, like, 20 bucks, and now it's probably, like, $5,000. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's nuts. And now same deal with Moon Knight because we've exhausted all the AAA heroes. In fact, Spider-Man and Batman, we've done them so many goddamn <laughs> times now. There's only places we can go is doing the lower tier weirder ones. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that's good. Gets you more, gets, uh, like more creative and everything. Yeah, You can be more creative with all these weird characters and stuff. And yeah, yeah it's, but it's just so strange to think about. It is. It's a weird and wonderful time. And you hope, too, that it'll have a positive, you know, effect on the comics as well. Like, there's a Moon Knight book that is going and selling pretty good right now and probably will continue to be so when the show comes out. Yeah, a Peacemaker is part of the, the Suicide Squad and a pretty great part of it as well. Very. Garth Ennis will be writing a Peacemaker miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking hilarious because they use Peacemaker to make fun of the Punisher so hard in that show. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone assumes Peacemaker is racist. It's like, why? Well, I just kill criminals. Yeah, but you pay way more attention to the black community than the white community. <laughs> Sorry, I will try and kill as many more white people as I do black people. <laughs> Again, just proving that he misses the point completely. <laughs> that shit's funny. That's that's some really deep that's stuff. That's really good, yeah. <laughs> that's really that's really fucking good. I like that a lot. Oh, uh, man. Also, hey, I guess while we're talking about costumes, Batgirl got a costume, too. I was just about to say that, yeah. I, I almost ignored it because I'm like, oh, that's just a great cosplay. That's not actually what they're going to have for the show. The show's going to look bad. Oh, no, that is the show? Oh, my God. They actually made a good-looking one? Oh, my God. It looks fantastic, doesn't it? Looks exactly like what she's wearing in the comics currently. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I like, too, they didn't go too heavy on the blacks. They actually honored her long history of having purple. Yeah, purple and yellow. Yeah, purple, yellow, gold. That's that's a Batgirl. That's what Batgirl looks like. Yep. I can tell by looking at it. <laughs> it passes my very important test of like, hey, what's a thing? Uh, can I look at it and know what it is without you having to tell me? And it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, shit's good time for Batman now between this, the Batman looking pretty good. Yeah, it's almost like once you get rid of a certain... Uh, element, yeah. Uh, element in those, in those films that uh, everything starts to sort of come together. Yeah, it's like someone, uh, yeah, it's like maybe someone was holding it back. Cowboy helping us out again with some money. I can't force myself to watch Deadpool 1, 2, or 3. Well, they didn't make a 3. They only made 1 and 2. Technically, did, they did make a 3 because they had that 2.5. Oh, yeah. That, that like that was Christmas, like Christmas. Yeah, yeah. 
Cowboy, have you seen a special third version of the movie that we didn't know? <laughs> Are you from an alternate dimension where they made a third one? <laughs> Dude, don't hold out on us with your multiversal movies. <laughs> Do you have Godfather 3, but it's good? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if you had, like, the Reed Richards multiverse tech and you could look into other universes to find, like, movies that were good? Yeah, oh, look, there's a good Green Lantern film, and that somehow, like, like started the the DCCU before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it Yo. changed everything, and... <laughs> Super Speed saying Leslie Grace just tweeted that there's actually a second suit in the movie, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it'll probably the be the... The one that Bruno Redondo draws at the moment. Oh yeah, that's the most good, recent like. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, again, again, like people didn't seem to realize that this suit was like one that she literally makes, and I think they're actually doing it exactly how it is in the comics, where she gets it from Infantino's costume. Oh, nice. Because they, because like on on the set, there's um, uh, shops that that are Infantino's costume, costuming, and like all this stuff, right, and everything. Yeah. Captain couldn't helping us out. I hate that they're using that Batgirl costume for the movie because I hate it in the comics and other appearances. Well, apparently there's going to be a second suit. So there you go. This isn't even the final one. Yeah, everyone will get something. Everyone will get a little something. And again, hey, this the, the reason that this costume is the way it is probably because they were like priming the pump for this for years in mm-hmm. like the Batgirl of Burnside. Feel like now nah, she needs a more simple, more readily uh, recognizable costume. Yeah is what it is and now we're getting it it needs to be very cosplay friendly and it was yeah so there you go uh is that everything man is that all the news from this week did we figure it all out i think so yeah all right i guess we can hop into what we read this week and i actually got a fair amount of reading done this week because not nearly as many comics came out for me i know yeah it it was like another light week i enjoyed it thank fuck yeah i i I say light which was eight books but eight books is light for us (laughs) I can actually get that done in a reasonable amount of time and not feel like I'm going crazy. Uh, where uh, where would you like to begin, Matt, in the books that came out this week? Uh, well, we had a lot of Marvel this week, so uh, we let's talk about I Dark. only had two DC books this week. Yeah, I, th- I think I did as well. Maybe two or three, yeah. Um, let's start with Dark Ages issue four. Yes, Dark Ages issue four here, the continuation of the post-apocalyptic Tom Taylor epic that sees them go to the sea. Yeah, we become pirates, Mad Max pirates. Very much so. Man, I loved the looks they gave for everyone. Like, yeah, it's Pirate Nightcrawler in Admiral Nick Fury's uh, ship that's just an old helicarrier that storm fills with wind so they can rescue refugees from Europe. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. It's so Very cool. much so. It's like, wa- again, you mentioned Mad Max. Don't you mean Waterworld? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be a whole fucking series. Admiral Fury's fleets and sea shanty tales. Yeah, it's like that world's marauders. Very much so. Also, hey, not only is Storm an important part of all of this, she's also Queen of Wakanda because she's still married to Black Panther in this universe. Yeah, and they have a child. Yay, and the child is very cute. Yeah, she's only in it for a little bit, though. I don't think she's going to play a big part in this story. Nah, but if they do a sequel... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the children are adorable in this series. It's horrible, desolate, end-of-the-world violence and adorable children. (laughs) Tom Taylor really has a fucking niche that he's filling, doesn't he? (laughs) Now, look, that's horrible because the world is coming to an end, but look at this cute child. (laughs) 
It just it offsets the violence, yeah. Yeah. What kind of powers does she have? She's half mutant and half, you know, Wakandan. She could have Black Panther powers and she could control the weather. We don't yeah. know. Yeah, she could be fucking dangerous, yeah. Yeah, she could be unto a god. You don't know. <laughs> a god king, god queen, if you will. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. But uh, yeah, so their whole thing is they want to use Admiral Fury's fleet so they can go to Europe. But, you know, it's going to be dangerous, and especially because they just came back from a trip. They don't know if they'll be able to make it. Yeah, everyone's exhausted from the long trip, especially Storm, since she literally has to push this boat across, you know, the ocean. Mm-hmm. Basically and, uh, by hand. And uh, the, the and we learn, of course, that the ocean isn't as safe as, like, some would assume, because mm-hmm. Namor's, like, attacking people. There's, like, raiders, all sorts of stuff out there all sorts of shit yeah which i think they do a good job setting up and explaining that where it's like yeah they're tired they're old they've been living in peacetime shit's you know more dangerous than it ever used to be but people still complain in my comments like oh tom taylor made everyone so weak no there's story reasons for this if you bother to pay attention yeah yeah they're, they're not just weak just just cause just cause it's because they've literally been sitting on their hands this whole time just waiting because it's the end yeah, of the world they've gotten soft They've gotten soft, which is a major theme of this. Doom hasn't gotten soft, though. Doom is still planning and scheming, and the a lot of them think that he only came along on the trip because he wants to take over Europe for himself. Yeah, very obviously he wants to take over Europe. <laughs> yeah, I want my own kingdom, because once a dictator, always a dictator. <laughs> and of course, they're all very much fucked up when they realize that Danny and May Parker stowed away on the ship which means now they have children for this very dangerous trip that they're taking yeah and yeah it gets even more dangerous when they're attacked by the ghost raiders who are all uh, mercenaries and stuff that had uh, given up their soul to Mephisto to keep raiding in life and in death they burn you and they drown you and I'm like oh that's pretty fucking metal yeah and they, they, they end up killing Nick Fury with oh, a no. fucking harpoon fucking chain through his chest god damn what a fucking way to go yeah got all blown up there and everything they fight the pirates as best they can old man colossus does a double fastball special (laughs) like that's really what this whole issue is like how many cool images can we get in here oh swashbuckling pirate nightcrawler teleports across yeah it's the middle middle issue of the series so it's all action basically and yeah, it, it all so. crescendos with Fing Fang Foom, who was ridden by uh, Ant Man, uh, appears to and helps out the uh, the team. He's like their sort of hidden weapon. Ace in the hole, yeah. Yeah. How fucking cool is that? In the future, in the dark future, Scott Lang rides and trains giant <laughs> monsters. How is that not a pitch? How is like Ant Man of Monster Island not a book already? <laughs> ant-man monster rancher (laughs) (laughs) love it love it love it love it that's good shit uh but yeah i mean that's basically just the book like you said it's the middle child of the series it's really action heavy it's oh no we lost another person how many more people will we lose on this journey is it worth it to get back one man and defeat apocalypse yeah we'll probably lose a fair few because, yeah, because this is a Tom Taylor series <laughs> yeah. in the Elseworld, so anyone can die at any moment. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I would say start taking bets on who you think is going to die. <laughs> who's who's the most expendable <laughs> on this journey? Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I like it. It's good stuff. It is, yeah. I mean, is there any writer, or how, can we even think of another writer who's just been killing it so much on multiple books at both companies? Not really, no. 
Nightwing, Son of Superman, Dark Ages, Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, yeah, and plus probably more coming. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and, and he's got his indie books, Seven Secrets, The Deep, like all of that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does the man, how do you think he finds time to sleep? <laughs> I mean, I guess it helps that most of these are maxi series, so he just has to, mm-hmm. like, work out 12 issues and he's done. That's true, yeah, yeah, the only and real it, ongoings he's doing is Nightwing and Son of Superman. Yeah, true. And again, yeah, I'm sure that helps, too, because he's like, yeah, they're going to have crossovers this year. Yeah, yeah gonna have crossovers that's two less stories i have to write because i'm just writing one story <laughs> oh that reminded me we didn't add it into news but um the wonder girl comic was quietly cancelled oh was it actually yeah yeah it was cancelled with i think issue seven. Oh, that's that's sad but understandable oh, yeah i was just about to start picking up and uh catching up and i'm like oh well and then i then i thought about it i'm like yeah she she hasn't appeared in like anything other than her book yeah not part of the justice league hasn't appeared in you know a batman or a superman book yeah. i mean look they they proved that yara floor is very cool with a fan following and a cool costume i am sure she will resurface somewhere either be it a teen titans or some sort of team outing yeah that was such a weird push she got because they had that tv show very. in the works and everything that fell through and then once I... that fell through everything else just kind of crumbled <laughs> i'm sure that's exactly what it was hey we got this cool new book for future state oh that's awesome yeah we're gonna keep pushing this for the year oh we got a tv show yeah multimedia oh the show's not happening because we literally don't have enough to adapt ah fuck we'll forget it then (laughs) uh similarly on that front all those new uh what is it like milestone books they were really into and then they're like eh, whatever yeah whatever happened to them they're still going they were just yeah just kind of like petered out there a little bit I mean, some are still coming out. Again, they hit a lot of delays, but also I think there was just a... And because they were season-based is the thing. They came out in seasons, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a cool idea, and we'll have to wait till season two to see if that idea really, you know, uh, held water. But yeah, you can tell DC's just like, well, we're sick of promoting this now. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real shame. You've you've had our our allotted time. Yeah, basically, yeah, hey, we, we did what we were supposed to do, and it's like, hey, DC, I, I notice you only seem interested in really promoting the white characters, <laughs> and everyone who isn't doesn't get near as much promotion. What's what's up with that? <laughs> and, and, and then people will always complain, where it's like, they should make their own heroes. Well, they did, and they didn't get promotion. <laughs> so what the fuck? It's almost like the game is rigged. <laughs> It's almost like books live and die because of their promotion. It's almost like stuff like Miles Morales and Kamala Khan only became as popular as they did because Marvel actually got behind them from a promotion standpoint. Yeah, pushed them, yeah. And because they got excellent write-ups in, like, traditional media and everything. So mm-hmm. even if you, like, were only kind of aware of comics at the time, you knew to pick up Ms. Marvel and Spider-Man Miles because you had read about them somewhere else. Exactly. Uh, Kali Frederick helping us out there. Kind of surprised the King Shark book is still going. Me too, and that's Tim Seeley. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was just like like a couple of issue like mini. Same to tie into the Suicide Squad, but it's lasted longer. Yeah, it's weird. I I, I gotta read it. Is the thing because my thing is like, oh well, this is short. I'll read it when it's done. But it's on like issue seven now, and I'm like, oh fuck me. Yeah, yeah. And he brought back Defacer from his Nightwing run to team up with King Shark. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is, like, rewarding you if you read uh, Tim Seeley's Nightwing. That's cool. 
Very much so. And it's a digital book that people seem to really be interested in. Again, proving our point that we need more interesting digital books. We do, yeah. Who, who knew that the key to unlocking digital comic sales was King Shark? <laughs> well, after Only that Suicide Squad know. movie, anything's possible. Yeah, everyone was really horny for King Shark. <laughs> uh, what else did we have going on this week, Matt? Uh, we had a we had two uh, books that kind of tied in with Devil's Reign, and that one we the did. first one was Superior Four. We we say kind of because in truth they barely tie in at all. Yeah, they're kind of like their own thing. They're they're jumping off points, which is funny because Superior Four has the Devil's Reign thing in its title, but Daredevil Woman Without Fear didn't. No, yeah, no, and it, it is literally like a like a, a a different point of view of Devil's Reign as you too. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Superior Four. Uh, I enjoyed this one, even though I mostly had no fucking idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> review. This is fun, man. I hope they let me know what's happening next issue. Well, well, the I think the idea is that Ock has gone through the multiverse. He's gotten his. Uh, Team. his team his different uh variants uh they made sure yeah, to call them variants the variants yes yeah holy shit um, and his idea is i think is he want he he wants to make a, a council of ox like like reed has and like, like doom has at, at first uh but then he wants he, he again falls into the whole uh doc ock thing where he just wants to be superior than everyone else it's it's Highlander, there can only be one. One of the Ox even says there. It's yeah. like, you know, we could build the greatest team of Ox in the multiverse, or we could become the greatest team of Ox in the multiverse, because if we kill and absorb the minds of every other Ox who could dare challenge us, then we suddenly become the best, and our cosmic profile goes up, I guess? <laughs> yeah, well, I think the idea is that in doing that, they'll become a, uh, a fixed point or something like a, mm. like an iron man or a spider-man or something right which is what he wants because in this issue he finds that he's not really a fixed point because that iron man of that other world doesn't even know who doc Ock no, is. exists yeah so and that proves he's not a fixed point because he's doesn't exist in that right universe. right okay see i had a hard time absorbing that but as you explain it to me it makes a little bit more sense to me yeah and i i again i, I liked that it was uh it, it was auto trying to break away from what he usually does but in doing so yeah. ends up falling into what he usually does right back into what he normally is this book too to its credit actually does more with ox continuity than his two little spider-man appearances did because mm -hmm. they're sure to say yes he sold uh his years as the superior spider-man to mephisto to defeat a villain now he's lost it and he wants it back because he feels like he lost you know the epiphany and he lost the experiences during that time and that made him a better person and that he wants to try and get those things back yeah he said he says in the book that his time as superior spider-man that's what evolved him and then that was taken yeah. from him and he was returned to his like baser lesser self yeah which again feels like some editorial meta stuff there where it's like look we don't want to make him a villain again because he grew so much in that series, but we don't know how to make him a hero anymore. So <laughs> we're kind of caught in this like cosmic limbo pull. <laughs> I, I do like how they run into a Spider-Man Doc Ock who like his abusive father died and he became a real hero and how his suit is yeah. the classic yellow and green. Yeah, he, be, he became a uh, the amazing Spider-Man basically, yeah. 
yeah, it's it's a nice touch there. And they beat him up and they steal his mind. But, oh, he you thought he was tough. There's also a Doctor Doom Doctor Octopus out there who's waiting for them. Yeah, which looks quite fun. And and again, they, they seek to imply that he can sense when, like, a variant dies and yeah. who's killed them because he, cause he knows the 616 uh, Oc did this, which is quite cool. Yeah, Doctor Doomapus. Yeah, I also like how they frame uh, Otto not as a Spider-Man villain, but like a Reed Richards villain. Yeah, that's have they ever fought that much? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I like that he's he's like using his tech, and like he's he seems to like like he keeps uh, talking about how he can be better than Reed and yeah, and, and like use his tech to be better than Reed and Doom and all that. Well, he assumes the Reed Richards position on the team is yeah. the thing because he recruits all those other heroes, which are themselves little references to the new Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Or, the, or the new Fantastic Four, I should say, when it was Hulk, Ghost Rider, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, this this book was all right, if a little all over the damn place. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's most Doc Ock appearances now. Like, I enjoy this because I enjoy Ock, even if it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a fun character. Yeah, especially now when it seems like everyone's just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks for him. <laughs> yeah. They know he's popular and he's in a movie, so there's no better time than now to do stuff with him. Abs- absolutely. Even though they're not totally sure what that means yet. Uh, I guess from one time we can talk about the other one, Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, which I just put up an hour ago before we started. Yeah, I, I read this one just last night. And yeah, it's basically De- uh, Devil's Reign issue two, but from Elektra's point of view. Yeah, it's also basically just a continuation of Zdarsky's Daredevil book because this is the one tie-in that's written by him, so yeah. obviously this is going to be the important one with the biggest implications. Yeah, and yeah, it's all about Elektra like, trying to figure out what she is at the moment because she has to, like... Yeah. Because they, they make a big point in the book to to say that, like, she's uh, not killing anyone because she's promised mm-hmm. uh, Matt and she needs she's, like needs matt to help take down the hand and she doesn't want to like betray him or like make ma- ma- like make her uh ulterior motives known to him yet yeah it's it's a very interesting take because zadarsky spent a year on that book writing electra as daredevil and her learning you know what it meant to be a hero and to really grow into the mantle of daredevil <laughs> by not killing and accepting like the heroic lifestyle and this series basically seems to be her grappling with backsliding and her like basically falling off the murder wagon yeah yep (laughs) where it's like you know changing is hard not changing back is even harder and she goes on basically a walking tour of her life because uh kingpin told her that he sold her file to craven the hunter who wants to fight her which means she has to go back to columbia university and she meets an old friend of theirs and matt and they talk about life and she has flashbacks to her time under stick and they invent a new character Akka, who was the one who brought her into the hand originally and was the one who gave her her first size mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting also thank you Kali frederick who's calling it that he thinks uh banner auto will turn traitor maybe yeah probably i mean they're all dog ox so they're probably gonna screw each other over at some point yeah there can be only one highlander rules <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the issue. It's, you know, it's her taking a walking tour through her <coughs> life, basically. Yeah, and I, I like how she compared Akka 
to stick and how they were like mm. like two opposite ends of of or two sides of the same coin where like stick was uncaring didn't care about her you know mm-hmm. like we saw like her and stick training and stick you know calls her a pathetic rich girl you know never you know, listened so, whereas Aka like went the other way and actually tried to and actually like cared for her but that was that was like her like fucking with Electra's mind and everything yeah yeah Electra's not stupid where it's like look I know now that Stick was arguably the good one and she was the bad one but isn't it interesting that she at least cared enough to pretend to listen to me <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm like, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that. And uh, she she sees Akka in the distance, but she's not certain if that's actually her or maybe if it was some sort of craven trick. Yeah. And, and again, that like kind of begs the question, it's like everything she's experiencing some sort of craven trick. Because as they set up in that Spider-Man one, he's using like weird like chemicals yeah. and stuff. Like it's like, is, was her meeting fucking Goldie like uh, yeah. a trip or something? you know maybe yeah 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 she'd been tripping this whole time yeah i don't know yeah interesting place for craven too where it's like yeah i just wanted a really good challenge and i thought you electra were a really good challenge yeah I, i'm tired of beating spider-man so yeah yeah really Did, don't you mean you're tired of spider-man beating you because he got beaten <laughs> by the original and he got beaten by the clown shut up <laughs> look i can beat up this daredevil who's not daredevil because of course i can't <laughs> This is a short one, too. This is only going to be three issues. It is, yeah. Yeah. I, and again, I feel like this is... Of, of all these Devil Rain time, this one is probably going to be the most important one because it's the one written by Zadarsky and will probably be the most likely to get referenced elsewhere. Yeah, it'll be the one that, that like, the, the consequences will continue uh, after Devil's kind of, Rain. It's also kind of an interesting way to take Elektra off the table, even though she's been Daredevil for, like, a year and allow Matt to slip back into the role even though ironically in the last two issues of devil's reign matt hasn't done all that much no no he hasn't but but i guess that's kind of like yeah i guess that's kind of it's the kind of reference here as well where like he he wants to go uh meet with the other heroes at avengers match and everything where Electra wants to like no we've got to face fisk head on you know i gotta do all this other stuff and only at the end does she realize oh no matt was right i gotta like this is all a distraction Mm mm-hmm I mean, I'm sure by the end it will come down to a fight between him and Kingpin, because when doesn't it come down to oh, a fight between him and Kingpin? Yeah, on top of a fucking building or something. Oh, you know, yeah. In oh, the yeah. rain. The Aveng- oh, damn right, yeah. The Avengers are fighting the Thunderbolts, so it's just him and Matt having a big punching contest. Yeah, yeah. Any more times do we got? We got this, we got an X-Men one, we got villains for hire. Yeah, we got the Luke Cage one. Oh, yeah, which was never meant to be a tie-in but now it is yeah well might as well have been because the story was very similar to this <laughs> i i like to imagine they just went into hochi anderson's work and they're like okay uh what is it control alt change uh whatever your evil stand-in organization <laughs> is thunderbolt there we go <laughs> we did it <laughs> and he's like fine sure whatever just you know pay me <laughs> yeah just pay, just pay me just pay me, just pay me so I can get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so these these were two very interesting books and not like normal comic tie-ins. No. I can appreciate Devil's Reign for that. Yeah, I'm glad they weren't like, yeah, this is what happened on, like, we referenced this on this page and we're going to expand this one little detail that in the yeah. end didn't really matter. <laughs> and that's why so many, like, tie-ins are so, like, shitty and, like, so unnecessary. It's like, well, I didn't need to know any of this for the story. Yeah, like, uh, like I think of, like, uh, 
the stuff that have that was going on in like the fear state like the secret yeah. files books like didn't need to know any of that sort of stuff didn't need to know any of this which in fairness you don't need to know any of these things either but like they're interesting enough stories on their own they use devil's reign as a jumping off point yeah well they're character focused yeah they're all very character focused exactly yeah but uh yeah so those are them uh what else did you have matt uh we had detective comics issue 1048 48, 48 yeah yep. shadow uh, of it, the bat part two it it's hard when it gets uh what is it to the 1040s right yeah yeah uh, but yes, this is a weekly series. You and I talked <coughs> about this last week. We're like, is this weekly or monthly? Because it's 12 issues. It's weekly. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. We get a new one every week here. And uh, this one, again, I, I, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with the structure of this, how they're playing around in time and jumping back and forth to make their points and build their mystery. Yeah, and here we get like a big part of the mystery because we get to see uh, Tobias Worth, uh, Weir's uh, uh, backstory. I, I like you combine two characters. Get Tobias Whale and Mr. Worth formed yeah. together to form Doctor Ware. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he 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 was a child whose mother was mentally ill, and mm. she got taken in by the county or state, or whatever, and he got put into foster care or something. And yeah. he, and it's framed in a way that like he wanted to help out, uh, help out these people because there was no system in place to help them. There's, there's a real interesting theme starting to form both in the main story and especially in the backups, and that is Gotham City social services and how they fail people and come through they for other people. <laughs> they fucking yeah, suck. They fucking suck. Which is such an interesting idea to build a story around because Gotham is like so much a character in all the Batman books, and we're told all the time how it's broken and it sucks and it doesn't work and it turns people into costume and monsters. This is kind of Mariko Tabaki being like, well, let's explore that though. Let's actually explore explore how social services fail people every day yeah yeah it's it's really cool yeah and how the bat family your dick grayson's your tim drake's everything they're super <coughs> fucking lucky that they had like an ultra rich benefactor to just swoop on yeah. in and save them from this fucked up beast of a system that they probably would have been chewed up and spit out in exactly yeah I thought that was very a very interesting take on it. And, uh, oh, uh, another fun thing I enjoyed about this. So Batwoman has her own Matches Malone uh, persona. <laughs> yeah, she pretends to be a doctor. She goes undercover into the uh, uh, tower to try and get a job, basically, mm -hmm. in the tower. And sort of uh, scope out the place and get an idea of who Weir is. And, um, and none of it makes any sense. No, no, yeah, she she's very confused by it all. Because, again, we get to see it. We get to see, like... Uh, the basement quote-unquote mm. uh which is where all the uh dangerous criminals are housed like mr freeze who uh again parrots what uh nero was saying in that first issue where he feels good and that's all he says feeling good feeling good and uh, yeah he, he won't tell batwoman like what what are these brand new miracle drugs you're using <laughs> you know what are these brand new therapy techniques he just he just won't say anything yeah he won't give away the secret and we meet the uh the woman who uh might be the one who incites the riot we saw in that first anna issue and anna, anna volson who batwoman has had a run-in with before so she's very familiar I, I think with it's her. implied she was the one who arrested her originally is the yeah. thing because she was a yeah. serial killer who got a a scissors themed <clears throat> serial killer yet she doesn't have a scissor name no no what's up with that she should be scissor woman <laughs> oh no that sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah and then she she talked about some about uh like a smell and then chase meridian talked about how inmates have like uh, are like smelling something but it's yeah. only the inmates only the ones on these drugs mm-hmm. so you, see i thought they i thought they were implying too that volson knew that that was batwoman just because she has a smell <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe but but i think chase mentions that a lot of inmates had that as well so, that's true yeah. so i think maybe it's some byproduct of whatever the fuck we is doing to them and it's yeah we, we we learn that um oh we also learn it's not outright implied but dick asks if for, about someone who's in the tower and i can only assume that's stephanie yeah stephanie brown who we see that there's another crazy woman in the hospital who thinks that she's harley quinn yeah and i'm like oh geez are they taking a page from the sean gordon murphy book are they splitting the difference between og harley and suicide squad harley but then some people are like oh i think that might just be stephanie brown how she went undercover i'm like oh that's interesting too actually it makes sense because like the story that weir says where she like tried to blow up a food court no one was hurt, and it was almost like she wanted to be caught Mm -hmm. like i'm like yeah maybe yeah sounds a little something and we know from the one issue where we jump to the future that steph is somewhere in the hospital mm-hmm. bleeding out we just don't know where yeah so yeah pretty pretty interesting stuff i like it yeah and then the the issue ends with we're being revealed to be like uh kind of uh mentally ill himself because yeah, as a he, kid he, he does he, the yeah, yeah he absolutely hates the mentally ill and i'm guessing that transitioned into his adulthood because yeah he's doing something to him mm-hmm tell me about it so that's a hell of a thing uh, yeah I, I i like this story i like uh how they're making it all work yeah I, I, again as we said i like the setup how it's like jumping around in time and uh i like how it's utilizing the the bat family in like a really interesting way like it's it's just like utilizing like a batwoman's like military intelligence uh mm. gathering skills and like their detective skills and stuff like that Again, it proves that, you know, you can do an Arkham Takeover story if you just play it a little different. And you can do an Arkham Takeover story without Batman. You can do it without Batman, absolutely. Just change the venue. Yeah. Yeah, I I like this one. I'm glad, uh, again, that Tamaki got a chance to shine in a 12-issue series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, what else was this week? Oh, I'll be really quick about this one because we're talking about DC. Uh, I had Joker 11 this week. Ooh, okay, that's still going it's still going surprisingly tiny and still right they have not mentioned when this one is gonna end i think they're gonna stealth cancel it the same way they did wonder girl <laughs> although it's joker though it is so you wonder again, if they it's... will it's like that no we're never canceling this it's got a thousand years joker you know and the fact that they've been like telling one solid story this whole time i would really hate for them to end it you know posthumously without yeah. reaching a conclusion yeah so uh yeah in the last issue jim discovered an ages old nazi conspiracy involving (laughs) clones and cannibals and the fucking deep state yep yep (laughs) like literally like uh, clearly uh james tyne in the forest started writing his uh what is it conspiracy theory book there and just never stopped yeah (laughs) what's that one called the department of secrets yes so clearly he just started researching all these conspiracy theories and just didn't stop. And it's like, okay, well, what if we put that over here? <laughs> and we learn a little bit more about the Samson family, who are clearly just the Sawyer family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. 
we learn how they were brought into the network and how they cleaned up all their murders and everything. But to do so, they had to basically sacrifice a member of their own family <laughs> who was Billy the Brute, who they sent off to Arkham where he was supposed to live happily till the end of his days. But he died in the uh, A-Day gas attack. Yeah. Which, which is funny because they still blame Joker about this, even though in Fear State we now clearly know that Joker wasn't behind it, that he was framed. Yeah, it's not caught up yet. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. I'm like, when does that become public knowledge that the Joker actually didn't do the thing they all or, think he did? Because the or this book is forgot. predicated on that. <laughs> or he forgot. Maybe. Maybe. It's like, but you wrote that, though. <clears throat> but you wrote Fear State. <laughs> It just seems weird, but uh, yeah, so that's the thing. that they, they, They've taken the Joker now, and they're going to eat him. They're going to have a big old clown barbecue, and Jim wants to go save him, but Oracle puts her foot down, being like, no, you almost died doing this. This is officially superhero business. I'm not going to let you waltz into, like, a backwoods cannibal party. <laughs> to which Jim is like, no, you think that this is a superhero thing, but no, we are in straight-up, like, horror movie territory now. <laughs> And I actually worry about you. Luckily, I have Harvey Bullock uh, boots on the ground already, and I'm making plans to go there myself. <laughs> nice. And that's basically the issue. It's just like, you know, it's going to be Gordon and Barbara versus uh, the fucking Chainsaw Massacre. It sounds like it's coming towards an end, like a third act. Y you think so, right? Because they're all going there, and Vengeance, the daughter of Bane, is coming there too. And yeah, it looks like all these different parties are going to come to a head. Jim even theorizes, like, was this the Joker's plan all along <laughs> to let himself get framed so all of his enemies would be out in the open and assumedly kill each other? Yeah, probably. He's like, for a guy who claims to be crazy and doesn't think ahead, this sure sounds like something he thought about. <laughs> Which has always kind of been the thing with Joker, right? Like, ooh, I'm an agent of chaos. I don't think of anything. Actually, I think quite a lot. <laughs> but I want you to think I'm not thinking. That's the important part. <laughs> Like, I'm a criminal genius who the genius is. I let you all think I'm a dumbass who does stuff randomly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's cool. It continues to be cool. I just hope it has, like, a worthwhile conclusion. I hope they just don't <laughs> randomly take it off the shelf one day. Yeah, yeah. I'm su I'm I surprised think... it's lasted as long as it did after he, like, just left, left Batman. <laughs> yeah, I think it's solicited for two more issues. I could be wrong. They could wrap it up in two more issues, but I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, from what you're saying, it sounds like it's getting ready to wrap up. And again, it's like he doesn't work at the company anymore. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't work in comics anymore. He works at Substack now. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to think, like, how was he? did he turn in all these scripts? Like, how how, how does it even work? Yeah. I, I, I have to imagine, like, yeah, the, the, again, just the way comics work, these scripts would have been done months ago. And I mean, like, he said he was, like, leaving DC Comics, but he didn't do the traditional thing. Like, oh, today I turn in my last script. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he's also still technically co-writing that vampire book with uh, Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah, but you got to wonder as well with that, with the co-writer, like, who's doing, mm. like, more? Yeah, it's like, is he done or is he done done? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, what else did we have, Matt? Uh, the last book I had was Justice League versus the Legion of uh, Superheroes issue one. Oh, shit, yeah, this new Bendis thing started this week, didn't it? Yeah, and I think it's tied in with Justice Incarnate. Mmm, interesting. It's all, it's all coming together. Yeah, so uh, it, it, this is a really simple first issue. The uh, Legion uh, fighting a monster, they end up defeating it, and then suddenly some sort of darkness ends up taking one of the triplicate girls. 
Mm. Uh, we don't know where or anything, but then later on uh, in the present day DC Universe, after the Justice League have finished up uh, dealing with the Legion of Doom, um, Triple Good Girl ends up teleported there with them. And, oh. and they don't know who, who or why she is there. Uh, she passes out, and, and the only thing she does is able to tell them is that she knows who John Kent is. So the league yes because they met yeah so the league have to call in superman and he ends up going into the future and telling the the legion that uh they have triplicate girl in the past and they need to come back in time with with him to get her because it's something that they need to see that he can't like bring her for some reason mm-hmm. uh, and we learned out that reason is that she's aged somehow a hundred years mm, that uh, seems bad yeah um and this weird darkness thing and then attacks again and tries to take wonder woman to uh, oh. at two different points uh in the book we're not again not sure why this darkness is attacking but they do know it is related to the great darkness i was gonna say could it be the great darkness yes, that joshua williamson has set up well not only that in uh bendis's legion book that was set up at the end as like the big looming threat that is oh, was it really? was eventually to happen Okay, they're tying up a lot of loose ends. I can appreciate Bendis is famous for that too. Like, I'll set up an Ultron thread over here, and I won't pay it off for like three more years. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, and so the the Legion come back in time to meet with the Justice League, and they're trying to determine what the Great Darkness is. Why is it attacking in present day, and then in the thirty first century as well at the same time? Like what it's doing, and while they are talking about this, it attacks again and ends up taking every single member except for the Gold Lantern of the Legion of Superheroes, and he's the only mm. person left. And that it makes ma- makes sense as well because uh, Bendis was setting up him in the Legion of Superheroes book as something very important because he's the only ah. in the future. He's the only Green. He's the only Lantern. Period. Uh, yeah. Available, but there is hopes that with him, he's like a test subject sort of thing and if he works out the leader uh, the lanterns can come back oh. the elders oh. of oa will try and bring them back in some form well, this sounds like this ties up several storylines i was not yeah. reading but i like to hear that that happened yeah it's brisk it's to the point it's great it's only i want to say it's only three issues oh really that's I, surprisingly brief for bendis i, I want to say three maybe three or five issues i'm not too i'm not exactly too sure huh but I know it's I know it's it's quite quite short. Feels like events in general have so been it, shorter. It, it's six issues. Ah, all right, that's fine. Yeah. Feels like events in general have been getting shorter these days, which I like. Yeah, I, I'm all I'm I'm over fucking twenty issue, you know, Tom King series. Yeah, but when was the last time we had like a really long like twelve issuer? Was Secret Empire twelve issues? Uh, well, I know Dark Dark Knights of Steel is twelve issues. Right, but that's not an event though. That's a maxi series. That's true. Yes, yeah, true. I'm talking like here's you got to read twelve issues and all these tie-ins. Well, that's actually, true. I I guess Dark Knights Death Metal was only six issues, but it had like six more tie-ins you had to <laughs> read like, to understand what yeah, was going on. Four hundred tie-ins. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That was the last really big one we had. Yeah uh oh i guess i had spider-man this week too ironically also featuring doc ock okay him and ben fight he gets a hold of the drive he realizes that beyond might be evil or at the very least is manipulating him into be spider-man that's Mm. basically it okay (laughs) 
Once again, Doc Ock's character is all over the fucking place in that yeah. book. Yeah, I'd say I, I, writers just not talking with each other. <laughs> They're just sure like doing doing way. whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I, I really <clears throat> felt that this newest issue of Spider-Man ran into a problem that is always, you know, something you got to be worried about when this many writers are on it. Clearly, Cody Ziegler has a very different idea of what Ben's personality is and what his mm -hmm. reasons for working are with beyond are than any other writer who has written it so far. Yeah. Yeah. Cause basically uh, Ben beats up doc Ock and he's like, haha, I did it. I'm the great hero. I defeated one of original Spider-Man's greatest foes beyond was right for trusting me to which Ock is like, no, you idiot. They've been manipulating you from the very beginning. They picked you because your psychological profile said you'd be easy to lie to. Yeah, and then you look at like the other the other writers who are dealing with him. Like, uh, like I just read the um, uh, what was the issue? The issue with um, where him and Miles teamed up to beat uh, that rise rise him. Yeah, you look at that and like he's like totally untrustworthy of yes. like of like beyond he's like he's like no i'm not going to enforce your stupid fucking trademark rules fuck you you know i'm going to help people who need it yeah, yeah and other issues he's like yeah i know they're an evil company but like if they didn't pick me they'd pick someone else i can like you know bring them down from the inside or i can force them to do good from the inside yeah that's not how ziggler read it <laughs> and i'm like uh-oh now the book is starting to feel schizophrenic with multiple writers oh you you were doing so good up until this point <laughs> maybe this is why it's coming to a close in april <laughs> october isn't it that but we're also getting like the new number one and everything maybe oh, a new number one right. to like uh shift Reset. focus shift focus right, and everything away maybe. from it <laughs> maybe maybe yeah yeah who knows but yeah just oof. it's like i like most of this but there's also a lot that's wrong with it yeah, it, it needs a little bit of uh I, I i again like having all these different writers was a cool idea but yeah, if they're not like getting into a writer's room together and yeah. plotting this out, then yeah. <laughs> which is probably harder now than ever because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real shame because it's like, ooh, you guys were doing so good at the beginning there. It felt really seamless. Now there's just like this big glaring like, oh, okay, you guys have different ideas that you weren't able to rectify yeah. together. And it only really happened, it was like started happening when they brought the Doc Ock stuff in. Yeah, what's up with that? Why was Doc Ock the harbinger of shit flying off the rails? <laughs> is, 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 is that a like of... a, a, a a commentary on like his character? <laughs> Maybe. Okay, well, here's the thing. So it gets so fucked up, this issue, to where, like, because Doc Ock has a showdown with Maxine Danger, mm -hmm. and the book literally starts breaking the fourth wall like you would not believe. <laughs> oh, really? Because Maxine Danger's like, no, nah, I'm not scared of you, Doc Ock. Why should I be scared of you? You don't even know what you want. You're all <laughs> over the place. Your character is undefined, basically, is what she <laughs> says to him. And it's true. Doc Ock had no reason for showing up the way he did. And then Doc Ock fires back, like, I don't have to take that from you, lady. Your whole plan with Ben Riley is just a ripoff of my superior Spider-Man plan. <laughs> And I'm like, fuck me, that's true. But also, she has no way of knowing that. And why are you just saying that to people now? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the book just, like, completely, like, almost collapsed in on itself at that point. Where it's like, okay. No. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, you've just collapsed in on yourself. Chemdog, Cody Ziggler, any relationship to Dolph Ziggler? I thought so, because we know Ziggler has a brother. But no, not that Ziggler. No. <laughs> Trust me, I looked into that to see if the Zigglers were related, because, yeah, that's a very specific last name. 
But yeah, so Spider-Man kind of all over the place. I don't hate it. At least it's the fun kind of messy and not like the annoying kind of messy like Nick Spencer's was by the end. Yeah, that one was really messy. At least there's, yeah, you can at least follow what's happening. Yeah, and at least they're kind of having fun with it. They're like, look, we, we know this doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just just rock with it for another couple months until Peter comes back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I guess that'll just about do it for us, everyone. That's the show. Any parting words, Matt? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to get out there? <coughs> um, Not really, no. Not at the moment. Yeah, same with me. Uh, check out my TikTok if you want to hear some Peacemaker stuff. I talk Boba Fett on there, actually, too. Not so much the episodes, but the shitty Star Wars discourses that always <laughs> seem to pop up around every episode. Oh, right, like, first episode, it was because Boba wasn't wasn't raping. The second he's episode... He's too nice. Yeah, he's too nice of a character. And it's like the fifties era stuff doesn't exist in Star Wars and Um actually yes. <laughs> in fact it's not even the stupidest thing that exists in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I mean, come on guys, this is a whole universe that thrives off the back of, you know, juxtaposing things that shouldn't go together. The swords are lasers, the guns are World War Two guns. <laughs> does no one see there's a 50s nostalgia cafe on fucking coruscant for there's a whole, whole a whole a whole sequence in episode two where he goes to the 50s cafe and orders a malt and talks to a fry cook yeah do, do we forget this did we all just memory hold this shit apparently <laughs> i guess you did also if i'm a rebellious teen on tatooine of course i'm riding a brightly colored scooter my planet is fucking sand gray and beige and shitty if i'm a punk who's saying look at me look at me i'm not gonna spike my hair or put clothespins in me i'm gonna take a fucking shiny scooter out for a spin <laughs> people just have no media literacy sometimes no 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 not at all <laughs> People are like, I am only going to take this thing at face value and I'm not going to do any more, like, insight into it. I'm not going to interrogate this idea anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be what's on the screen. I'm not going to look at it any deeper than Think that. Think about it. <laughs> Scooter bad. <laughs> Scooter Power like Ranger bad. Likewise, people aren't going to think about that excellent Rancor scene where Boba Fett basically says, I am this Rancor, bred for war, but, you know, if you approach me right, I can't actually be sweet and good. I don't have to be a monster, just yeah. like you don't have to be a monster. Again, it's all stuff that, like, it, 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 it goes over all these people's heads, that all these people that talk about how the prequels is such masterful um, mm. bullshit, you know? <laughs> And yet when Star Wars actually tries to be about something. Yeah, try, oh, and tries something different. All the people yeah. crying to want something different in Star Wars than the same shit recycled over and over again. And when you get it, I'm playing. Also, too, what I think this show gets, Mandalorian got it too, but this one really gets it. Star Wars is at its best when it's referencing other non-Star Wars things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm it's lawrence of arabia it's dances with wolves it's a little fucking deadwood it's a little american graffiti yeah yeah again like if mandalorian was like the action pack westerns if it was like the dollars trilogy this is unforgiven this is deadwood this is the day-to-day -day drudgery of a wild west town yeah and and again it's not always going to be blaster battles and lightsaber yeah. fights and everything you're gonna have you're gonna have one where you fucking talks with people for fucking two hours or something yeah because that's what happens when you gotta yeah. be a crime boss and run shit exactly it's like you it's again the sopranos did that stuff as well yeah exactly tony wasn't fucking killing people every yeah. episode of course he wasn't because you'd be a bad He's gangster fucking talking about how hard it is to run a fucking titty bar and shit and oh man i tell you hey yeah. how about them counterfeit pills from montreal <laughs>
They're going to get them no-show jobs? What about that? <laughs> yeah, like, literally, that was the show. It was demystifying the mafia. It wasn't like Goodfellas, where it was a fancy party every night. It's just Tony sitting there in his bar. Ah, oh, my wife is busting my balls. Yeah, playing with these fucking ducks. Yeah, exactly. Ah, fucking, you know, FBI's watching me. <laughs> and then becoming weird, begrudging friends with the FBI post-9-11. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite turn in that to where they're kind of friendly by the end. When it's yeah. like, oh, you're not after us anymore? No, they put me on terrorist duty. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a sandwich? Yeah, sure. <laughs> we promise we're not spitting in them this time anymore. <laughs> Thank you. All right, now we're fucking ranting, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for coming and watching. I appreciate this. Check that out. Uh, the next episode of Capes and Crooks, I'm editing right now. It's taking me a while. It's our big charity episode. You can still donate to oneparent.org if you want. They they already thanked me for donations, even though the show never happened until late. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like an asshole. <laughs> it's a, it, just, it just means they haven't watched it, and they just assumed it happened, you know. They, just, they assumed it was very successful and that we made lots of money. <laughs> off it so if you haven't donated it yet please please donate <laughs> so there you go everyone thank you so much uh, for checking us out and we'll all be back again next time bye bye see ya